This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Now, let's get a cup of tea and spend a few minutes together. Here's your host, wife, mother of three, and entrepreneur, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Pain Show. Today, we have some pretty exciting news to report to you all, and I'd say it's even more than pretty exciting. Jesse, what do you think? Yeah, it kind of, kind, of, kind of caught me by surprise. So It caught us, yeah, caught us both by surprise. We got a text yesterday morning. Not a letter. We were told we were going to be getting a letter. But it was a text, and so after months of prayer and preparation and planning and doing a lot of work to our home and rearranging things and talking to our kids and having different uh, meetings and trainings and filling out lots of homework, we are excited to announce that our home is fully approved as a foster home in the state of Tennessee. And so we have no idea what the future is going to hold, what this is going to look like. We just know that this is the next step that God has called us to take. And we're just trying to keep our hands really open mm-hmm. and just praying for the children that God is going to bring into our home and um, whatever that looks like. We just want to be open to God's will and God's leading, but it could be a little bit of an adventure <laughs> very soon. <laughs> we don't know. We'll, we've heard that There's a lot of need here, and there's a good chance that we're going to be getting a call very soon. Mm -hmm. Expecting any day. But we have no idea, so we'll see. Let's talk about what's saving our life. This is the part of the show where we talk about something that is making our life better, easier, or more enjoyable. Jesse, what do you got for us today? Earlier this week, this week or last week, we got a butcher box in the mail. Never received a butcher box in the mail before, so I was pleasantly surprised at all the meat that was in this box. 
it didn't just randomly show up no, you, in the mail. We you knew it, knew was, it was coming. I didn't know coming. it was coming. Yes. They had contacted me and asked if they could send me a box um, to show on Instagram and hello steaks and y'all baby back ribs and salmon roasts. I'm I'm not going to turn that down. No. No. No, so I used the opportunity to smoke some baby back ribs here earlier this week, something that we really love to eat. Um, we found a recipe that is really easy to make, but also it's really good. So, and then I also uh, cooked some steaks here a couple of days ago, and you are going to have some red meat for your salads, and I had a steak that night, so it was really good. I'm excited because I always struggle with anemia in my pregnancies. And so red meat is the one thing we have found trying dozens and dozens and dozens of different things, all the different natural remedies and the supplements supplements and all that. But red meat is what does it for me. So I'm excited to have some really yummy steak. And the ribs were amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. The meat in the butcher box was quite a bit more expensive than what we would typically pay for meat because I usually get it marked down at the store um, Mm -hmm. and then we just stick it in the freezer. So it felt like we were being quite extravagant to have this really amazing, what is it called? Like rack of ribs? Is that what Mm -hmm. it's called? I don't even know because we have them so rarely, but so yes, that that's saving our lives, I guess, literally because it's food and nourishment for (laughs) the baby and my anemia, but also I think it just, I think smoking things and grilling just brings you a lot of joy. Yes. It's just very fulfilling for you. I enjoy doing that when my smoker works. Yes. We have had some issues with it, but you got it to work. So what is saving my life this week is an oldie, but goodie. And that is Mary Kay time-wise three in one cleanser. And as I was thinking about something to share today, I actually had this in my hand because I was getting ready to order more. And I thought, you know what? I've never talked about this before. I've talked about other beauty products, but I love this cleanser because it is one of the only, I I actually would say the only cleanser that I know that does not break my face out. I have very sensitive skin. I've talked about this before um, in the coffee episode with the eczema and the acne. And I have to be very careful what... I put on my skin and anything new typically will cause a flare up. And so once I find something that works, I just stick with it. Um, I'm highly allergic to nickel, which isn't in a lot of cleanser products. It is in a lot of makeup products. It's really surprising how much stuff has nickel in it. And it will just, even if it's just a trace of nickel, that will cause a bad flare up for me. Anyway, So the three-in-one cleanser, I love it because it doesn't break my skin out and it just works so well. And I actually use it. I don't use any kind of makeup remover because once again, the wipes or any kind of makeup remover or any oil will break my face out. It either dries my face up, which causes eczema, or it moisturizes my face too much, which causes acne. So it's kind of this constant tension of finding the perfect balance and just sticking with what I know will work. But the three-in-one time-wise cleanser works very consistently, has worked for me for years. And so I use it even to take my mascara off, to take my makeup off and to cleanse my face. I have heard that they're switching out their products and 
it is no longer the time wise is no longer available. I don't know because all the Mary Kay reps are going to not be real happy when I confess this, but I actually order mine off of Amazon using my swag box. And um, yes, don't tar and feather me for that, but it's free. And also I can get some of the products that are no longer available because they're, I can't even think it's not out of commission. My words are not coming to me today. Because you're not getting it from a rep or? Well, they, they basically, they've taken it out of circulation. Out of, out of production. But you can still get it. I think because it's someone, I think people are selling them probably on Amazon who maybe it's some company that got a big lot of them. Or They're just trying to get rid of them. It's a former rep who is selling her stock. I don't really know. But anyway, I've never had any issue and it's free and it works. So, hey, when you save mom, I'm all about the free. For my book this week, I wanted to talk about this book that I've been reading by Hannah Bruncher called Come Matter Here. I think my sister actually told me about this book maybe a year and a half ago, if I'm remembering correctly. And I had seen it and it looked like one that I would want to read. And I actually purchased it and put it in my stack for reading in 2019. And I'm finally getting to it. Hey, it's not 2020 yet. So I'm going to celebrate that. So it's Come Matter Here by Hannah Bruncher, and the subtitle is Your Invitation to Be Here in a Getting There World. And at first, I wasn't sure what to think about it. She has kind of come into fame from doing some TED Talks, or at least one TED Talk that I think went viral. This is what I'm just gathering from the book. And then this kind of chronicles her spiral into depression and the steps that she took to walk out of that. And at first it was kind of crawl out of that, but it's, it's a really beautiful story. There's a lot of meat in the message as well. It talks about how so often we try to kind of run away from stuff that's risky from relationships, from community, instead of, you know, really staying and working through when it's awkward and hard. And I just have really enjoyed reading it and found so much of what she shared to just resonate with me. Some of my story, not necessarily the depression part, but just the friendship and relationships where sometimes it's just easier to move on. It's like, oh, let's just build a new community instead of staying and sticking it out and working through the hard you know, having the hard conversations and showing up for people and what it looks like to just be content and be here now, like it says in the subtitle, in a getting their world. And so I'm not finished with it yet, but I wanted to share it just because it's something that I've really been enjoying. I've been reading usually about one chapter every morning when I read my Bible. Um, And I wanted to read this one quote to you. This was from page 130, and I thought it was so good. She said, even when the lies in your brain are deafening, you can make them weaker by stepping out into action. And she talked about when she was in that place of depression and just feeling so overwhelmed and in such a big, dark, deep black hole and what helped her to start taking those baby steps towards being healthier was to show up, to get up to step out, to do something, even though it was the last thing that she wanted to do. And she talked about how she would start 
inviting someone to coffee. And then before the coffee date was over, she'd plan another time to meet up. And so that just getting those things on the calendar and getting out of the house and doing things and showing up for people and pouring into other people. And that was really part of her healing journey. And there's so much more here, but I just thought that it was a, it's been a really valuable read so far and I wanted to recommend it. So again, that was Come Matter Here by Hannah Bruncher, your invitation to be here in a getting there world. And we'll put the link in the show notes. All right. So today's topic, which I realized we did not even introduce at the beginning of the podcast, is one that has been requested by multiple people. And it's one that I'm really excited to dive into with you, Jesse, because I don't know where this conversation is going to go, but I think it's going to be enlightening and interesting. And maybe both of us are going to learn something about the other one as part of the conversation. Maybe so. We're going to talk about marriage and the Enneagram. And I know some people kind of, as soon as you say the word Enneagram, I think there are two reactions. Well, maybe three. The first reaction is, oh, yes, I love talking about the Enneagram. You know, this is, this is my jam. The second reaction is, oh, really? Another person talking about the Enneagram? I'm sick and tired of hearing about the Enneagram. And the third reaction is probably, Ennea what? Because I think there are still people who aren't quite sure what it is, or it's just something that they haven't heard much about or just still don't quite understand. So let's start out, but just quickly and briefly talking about what the Enneagram is. Well, the Enneagram is kind of a, a personality assessment mm-hmm. that takes and wouldn't say pigeonholes, but categorizes each personality into nine different personalities. And then you have some sub personalities as well uh, that come from when you figure out, okay, which of your nine personalities really fits who you are. They have sub personalities called wings that kind of complement that main personality that you have. So personality that almost sounds like. Yeah, kind of kind of sounds <laughs> odd. Like I have this fake secret personality. No, it's more, I would say like a complimenting, this is my strength, but then also this kind of complements, it comes it's alongside. Complimenting characteristics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you want to know much more details on the Enneagram and the different nine types, We did a podcast episode with Lee Kramer where she really delved into that and gave a lot of framework for getting started and understanding the Enneagram and kind of how you figure out what your type is and all of that. So we will link to that episode in the show notes. I would highly recommend listening to it if you're new to the Enneagram or you've just been really wanting to kind of figure out more what it means. But for the rest of you, those who already understand the Enneagram or those of you who just love to hear a couple talk about their differences in marriage. Um, Let's talk about what it looks like to understand our type, how it plays out in marriage and what we've kind of learned about each other as a result of understanding our Enneagram number. First off, I thought it'd be fun to just have us each talk about the other person's personality type. (laughs) from your perspective. 
and neither one of us have prepped for this. So I'm curious to see what you're going to say. about. Well, me. you at least have notes in front of you. I went over this very short. There are five lines here. Okay. So I, I have no notebook. You have no so, notebook. Yeah. But I did say I was going to ask you this. Yes. So do you want to go first? You want to talk about from your perspective, what it's like to be married to an Enneagram eight, because that's what I am. Well, an Enneagram 8 is a very strong personality. It's probably what would you say the strongest of the nine Enneagram types? I mean... Probably depends on the way you look at it. I think a 1 can be very strong, and I think a 3 can be very strong, but I think sometimes... They get rolled over by an 8. So, paper, rock, scissors, the rock always An 8 can really steamroll people. Yeah. (laughs) Let's put that out there. So... It was actually really good and to go through and figure out that that's what your personality type was because it really gives clarity and really in studying the Enneagram type, knowing what your strengths and weaknesses are, mm-hmm. but not being said, okay, yeah, you're, you're X, Y, and Z because this is what the book says, but actually seeing it play out in real life mm-hmm. and that, that that actually validated what I saw mm-hmm. and knowing that that's normal. It's, it's not, not Are you a surprise. You thought that I was crazy. Yes. And you needed that validation. No, <laughs> yes. she's actually not crazy. This is no, just no, no, really no, normal. no, no, no. It was validation that you were crazy. No, <laughs> it's normal to be crazy. So as someone, you know, you're married, a man married to a very strong woman. Mm-hmm. What is that like for you? Well, it's, each marriage is different. I mean, whether it's... I'm just talking about for you. Don't... Well, it's normal. It's all I know. I knew what I was getting into whenever I married you. And and you had these characteristics, exhibited these characteristics long before we got married. And probably I I would say, and you can disagree with me, but I feel like, especially in my teen years and my early 20s, I was a very unhealthy eight. Yes, I would agree with that. And so all of the negative characteristics that you think of with an Enneagram 8, I was that. I was the epitome of that very strong, bull people over, steamroll people, I'm right, you're wrong, mm-hmm. and I'm going to get my way. So either you get in line behind me or you get out of my way. Right. Also, there's times where you just get into your own zone and you ignore people. Mm-hmm. Not any fault of your own. You don't realize you're ignoring people, but and it hurts feelings in the process. And you have to repair those relationships as you go. Because I'm very kind of what is the, like I you have see t- tunnel vision. I see the the finish line or mm-hmm. the goal or the target, and I'm like, okay, what's the quickest way to get from A to B? Right. Like that's where I'm headed. And, and just a practical example, if I'm at church and I was just thinking of last year, I was speaking at church on a Wednesday morning for the ladies group and you were there kind of working off to the side. And I came in bringing my stuff and I literally charged right past you, never saw you never acknowledged you because I was on a mission. I needed Mm -hmm. to get all my stuff in, get it to the front of the church, get it all set up, get all ready to go. And so on the one hand, that can be really positive because of, you know, I get things done. Mm -hmm. And so if you want someone to get things done, if you want to move the ball forward, if you want productivity, like I'm your girl. 
Right. But I can also get in the zone where I'm so focused on the end goal and getting things done that I miss all the people. And you miss the relationships. Yes. And I think you can feel like she doesn't even see me. Mm -hmm. Unseen. Yeah. Because she's so focused on getting to that goal. Let's talk about fives because I'm married to a five. And that would be you. Okay. Um, so it's interesting because fives, I think tend to be, they love collecting information and maybe I'm just going to share from my perspective of you and how you exhibit five, the Enneagram five. Right. Because I don't necessarily see myself as exhibiting characteristics of an Enneagram five. And in fact, here, what, within the last couple of weeks, that video came out with somebody, the the Enneagram Rhapsody, where they, and I don't know if that was a pre-existing tune that they changed the words to, it was kind of a parody. It's Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. Well, whenever they got to the five, I kind of recoiled and I didn't like how they portrayed a five because Mm -hmm. I didn't feel that I exhibited those characteristics. But then later in the week, I was looking at, okay, well, where where does a five go in unhealth? And Mm -hmm. I kind of had to sit back because that resonated with me in mm. realizing when I'm not healthy, these are kind of the traits that I have that I do see in myself. Whereas I also see the strengths where a, a healthy eight uh, or a healthy five goes and I see those characteristics when I'm in a healthy spot. And so I was like, well, I guess I am a five. So, Well, and that's one thing another tangent, but that I love about the Enneagram is because it really allows you to see when you're operating in a healthy space Mm -hmm. and when you're operating in an unhealthy space. And it gives you kind of, this is the direction you should be moving toward. For me as an eight, I should be moving to a two, which is the helper. And that is when I am becoming healthier, I am much more compassionate. Mm -hmm. And so I know when I am exercising compassion and truly from my heart, that that is me being much healthier as a person. Mm -hmm. But where does it, I know that a five goes to an eight when they're healthy. In healthiness. Mm -hmm. Where does a five go when they're unhealthy? Towards a seven. And a five exhibits the negative characteristics of a seven in that it's very scatterbrained Mm -hmm. and haphazard and not being organized at all and feeling not getting anything done because there's no organization. It's all scattered. And so I think it's helpful because when you see yourself being like that, so for me, when I'm unhealthy, an eight goes to a five, which is I'm going to be over-researching, over-analyzing, and kind of paralyzed with trying to analyze everything Mm -hmm. instead of taking action. And so I know that when I'm getting in that space of doing way too much research, then that means I'm in an unhealthy space. And so understanding that really helps me. Um, It's kind of that red warning flag for me. Mm -hmm. But back to the five, let's talk about you. From my vantage point, I think one thing that's very interesting is that you don't take information at face value. You always want to research it, dig into it, really kind of test it, make sure that it's actually accurate and you can, from my perspective, sometimes it can feel like you're over-researching. But from your perspective, it's like, no, you need to collect all of the information. You need to you need to know all of your options, and which is great if you're researching 
buying a new car or buying a washing machine or something. You know, like when we were looking at houses, you were looking at the floodplains and you were looking at things that I would never in a million years think. Like I would come into the house, oh, is this functional? Oh, is this in our price range? Do I like it? Okay, sold. Whereas you're looking at all the other things that it's so important. We need someone in our marriage to be looking at those and to be kind of saying, hold up. Let's make sure we've done our research first. Hold up. Let's read the fine print because I'll just sign on the dotted line. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it's been a really helpful thing, but as someone who is very much into taking action and getting things done, I can get frustrated because you're sitting there seeming to me to over-research, um, which for you, it's just that need to collect information. And it, it manifests itself not just in researching for you know, a purchase that you're wanting to make, but it also manifests itself in you just love to collect facts. You love to read things on the internet. You, I think there's a need for you to collect information. Like you need to be checking Twitter and knowing what's going on in the world and knowing what's happening politically and what's happening globally. And you love to read articles and kind of go down rabbit trails on the internet of, you know, just learning more things. And so I think it's also that learning Mm -hmm. you. And so I sometimes tease you that you're like this purveyor of useless facts, which they it's aren't. True. <laughs> but it's like in your head, you know, useless trivia. all these snippets of all these things that it seems it's great if we're playing trivia <laughs> or we're meeting someone for the first time that I feel like I don't really have much in common. You can always find something in common. You're just like, oh, well. Last week, I was reading this article about such and such, and then you can ask questions and you can create this conversation where, because I'm not doing that, mm-hmm. I don't have that framework to to have conversations with so many different people. Mm-hmm. You also love learning, and so you that manifests itself in, you know, just yesterday, we had the heating and air conditioning guy come over. And you just took him all around the house and showed him all these different issues and different things that you were thinking of and, and got his feedback on that. And you, I think you love that. Like mm-hmm. that brings you so much life to have someone who loves their job to be teaching you things that you didn't know. Mm-hmm. And so whether and understanding it, whether it's the pest guy or whether it's the, um, you know, the, lawn guy or the air conditioner guy, like if it's somebody who loves their job and they love to have conversations and they love to talk about, you just come alive. And so that's really cool for me to see, but I'm my, you know, I'm the kind, I'm like, you came here to do a job, do your job and buy, you know? And, And so it's so good for me to watch you interacting with people because you always have time for relationships, except for when you have hit your place of being maxed out. And so that's one thing that I think this is a general rule that fives tend to do. And so let's say we're out to dinner with another couple and, you know, we've had great conversation. You've been super involved in the conversation. And then it's about an hour and a half in and you have reached the point where you're done. Like you need to 
kind of hole up and collect more information. And I know that's not at all what goes through your head. No, it's not. But you'll pull your phone out and you'll just start being on Twitter and you'll start just being like in your own little world, reading things, watching things, looking at things, laughing about things, totally oblivious. And so, you know, you talked about how I can be oblivious Mm -hmm. when there's people. Fives can do that as well, but it's just in a very different way. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we've had a lot of conversations about you have called me out on how I'll just totally walk past people and totally not see people. And then the same thing for you when we're in groups of people, Mm -hmm. when you just kind of check out. it's, It's kind of the same way. Yeah. So I think for us... It's been interesting to understand these things. Well, and back to how I would kind of check out one time, one way I check out also is when you're talking to me. <laughs> Wait, hold up. What? Because you you're, don't you, stop talking. You all know. You always <laughs> yeah. listen to everything that I say. Oh, mm-hmm. was I not supposed to share that? No, we know that if you, when your phone, if you're, if you are looking at your phone, or not looking into my eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably. Whenever you stop and say, look into my eyes when I'm talking to you, it drives me nuts. But like the, the other night, we were talking in the in the SUV. Mm-hmm. And you just kept going on and on. I think you went on like four to five different rabbit trails. Oh, no. And they, they, apparently they were, they were, they were all connected. They were all connected. They were all All connected. connected. Very connected. And I was sitting there trying to figure out, okay, how is this connected to this? How is this connected? And how are we going to get back to whatever we were talking about? And I got lost. But we did get back to there. It was just all the spaghetti, you know, we had to go through all the different forests and the trails. And then Uh we we got back to where we were initially starting. It's like, it reminds me of, it was early on in our marriage. And you said something like, what are you thinking about? And I was like. You don't want to ask that question. Do you really want to know? And you're like, yeah, what are you thinking about? And I was like, you really want to know all the things I'm thinking about? And so then I stopped and I listed them off and your jaw just kind of dropped. Like, how do you think about all those things at one time? (laughs) Like, I don't know. I just always am thinking about a whole lot of different things at one time. I don't know how you do it. And I don't know that you actually are thinking about them all at one time. I mean, I think my brain is probably like you're kind of flitting from one thing to another, to another, to another, but it feels like it's all at the same time. And I've had to learn that, you know, when I ask you what you're (laughs) thinking about, and sometimes you'll be in deep thought and we will have just had this conversation about our relationship. And I'm just thinking like, he is just pondering what we talked about and there's something really profound that's going to come out. And he's just really feeling like deeply loved and moved by our conversation. I'll be like, what are you thinking about? Oh, I was thinking about the irrigation system in the backyard (laughs) and what I could do to fix the whatever. I mean, it's always, it'll be a car part or something for, it's always some random thing that I'm just like, you know what? I think I'm just going to stop asking. And and it's one thing. And always one thing. One thing. Yes. Or sometimes nothing. And sometimes nothing. And I've had to learn that legitimately, I can't fathom it. It's kind of like trying to understand eternity. (laughs) I cannot fathom how your brain can think of nothing. It's quite easy (laughs) and freeing. (laughs) I I really don't fathom it, but I've had to accept and believe that truly... 
When you say nothing, mm-hmm. it is nothing. Silas is the same way. So we can laugh about this and joke about this. And I know early on in our marriage, it caused a lot of frustration. Mm-hmm. And I think understanding our personality types, understanding our differences, and then getting to a place where we appreciate them. Right. Instead of being annoyed by them. It's seeing them as strengths. Yeah. Or seeing them, you know, maybe I don't see it as a strength, but I can still find it amusing. Mm-hmm. You know, like- you, Or at least gifts. You will laugh at the fact that you'll just, you know, you'll get back in the car sometimes on Sunday and you'll be like, you walked by a whole bunch of people and you totally did not see them at all. And and you'll just, you know, you'll be calling it out, but in a really gracious kind of humorous way. And, and I'll be like, did I? For real? No, I was just going to talk to that one person. And you're like, yeah, that was obvious. You were on a mission. <laughs> yeah. But I appreciate that we can call it out to each other without being offended by right. it. Mm-hmm. Because we need each other. I need you to call me out when I'm doing that. Because I sometimes just really get in my zone and don't recognize that. Just like I feel like you need me to, you know, help you sometimes when you get stuck in that over-researching to be like. You mean you get stuck in over-researching? I don't get stuck in over-researching very often. No, you don't. But every once in a while I can, I can go there. But you know, if you're just, it's almost like you're stalling. Yeah. And just where I'll be like, okay, you know. Now we need to make a decision. Right. You know, be in a healthy spot, take action. Yeah. And for, you know, for me to recognize that when you are taking action, that's something that is, doesn't come naturally to you. Just like for me to be moving toward compassion, that's not my natural bent, but I'm becoming healthier when I do that. And so when mm-hmm. I see you really stepping up and taking action and taking ownership and having that drive, then I, I really have. I, I praise that and I try to really call that out instead of being like, it's about time mm-hmm. being like, wow, look at you, honey. Like, thank you so much. Or I'm so proud of you or wow, you're just really taking action. And so to praise that. And I think you do the same for me. Well, cause you realize that those are the areas when you're that way, where you're moving into that healthy zone, so to speak. That's when you have the most fulfillment. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have a lot of fulfillment when you come alongside and serve somebody out of that servant's heart, that mm-hmm. healthy heart. Just like I f- have a lot of fulfillment when I'm taking action on something that I've been that I've been planning. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's moving in the healthy direction, but it's also the place of the most fulfillment. Yeah, I would agree with you on that because honestly, when I bowl people over and steamroll them at the end of the day, what do I have? To show for it. Okay, mm-hmm. so I got the thing done, but I ruined relationships in the process and it doesn't feel fulfilling. Mm-hmm. There's it's not the same at all level of accomplishment as it is if I have showed compassion and really like sat with a person and had patience and waited and not just ran ahead of everybody else or said, you know, get in line or get out of my way but really been like taking that time to show compassion and showing up for people mm-hmm. and being with people. There is so much more fulfillment in that. And I agree. So I think our encouragement to you is, you know, this is something it's, it's a lifelong process and we still have days where 
where we just really butt heads and our differences just kind of feel very glaring. But at the same time, I think, you know, it's recognizing that we get to choose. Are we going to appreciate our spouse's differences or are we going to be annoyed by them? Mm -hmm. Are we going to see them as gifts that they bring to our life because they are different and they bring that something different that is a gift and embrace that? Or are we going to be bitter and frustrated by it? You get to choose. As always, if you have any question on any topic you'd love for Jesse and I to answer on a future episode, or you just have feedback or suggestions, or you'd love for us to change something or do something different, we love to hear from you. We love your emails. And so you can send an email to crystal at moneysavingmom.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of The Crystal Pain Show. Have a great week. And remember, you can't always choose your circumstances, but you can always choose your attitude. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 